This last part also concludes with Shirin Saikoli's article. Shirin, your article was written also around the 2014 war on Gaza. And you attribute to that moment the power to conjure, to summon other moments in time, but also in space. Can you offer a few examples of this power of Gaza to conjure, which is perhaps the superpower of powerless Gaza? Thank you for having me here. It's a great honor. I wrote this piece as the assault on Gaza was happening in 2014. And I was trying, at the time I was in Cairo, and I was trying to understand How is it that each of the images of loss that I consumed over social media felt so deeply personal, as if they were happening to me? And there was one particular image that I begin the piece with of a man and his son sitting on two cement blocks, and they are in the midst of the rubble of what was their home. And it seemed to me that this image had an immense power over me because it spoke beyond the specific site and space that it was in and really evoked for me what was the broader Palestinian condition. And as we saw the events unfold, it seemed to me that that summer conjured both moments of intense colonization as well as moments of intense attempt to decolonize. So on the one hand, I felt that for those of us who have been subject to this history, the moment conjured formative catastrophes like that of 1948, micro-catastrophes like that of the Kibya massacre of 1953, the Sabra Shatila massacres of 1982, And then the more mundane instances, such as house demolitions, land expropriations, and targeted assassinations that have shaped what it means to be Palestinian, arguably since the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing that happened to me that I felt that Gaza also evoked, and maybe this is the superpower, was the way that particularly after the Israeli police found the tortured and burnt body of Muhammad Abu Khbir, and people across the Green Line stood up and basically had an uprising against the Israeli army and the Israeli police, that conjured various moments of uprising and decolonization from the first Great Revolt in 1936 to the various instances of guerrilla or Fedayeen attempts to resist in the 60s and 70s to Land Day in 1976 to the first and second intifadas. So for me, the argument was here that Gaza in 2014 was not an exception. It was one part of a broader archive. So Gaza in 2014 crystallizes a longer Palestinian history. Can you speak in more detail, for example, about the relationship between Gaza 2014 and the 1936 revolt, 36 to 39 revolt, which you mention in your article. But could you give our listeners more detail about the kind of connections you find between the two moments? Sure. I think one of the things that's really important to also note about this moment is how it spoke to Palestinians and Arabs, but also how it spoke to people internationally. And and I think it's important to remember that the 
killing of Michael Brown and Ferguson was happening around this same time, and the kinds of alliances that were built around that were very interesting and powerful. In terms of Gaza's resonance with 1936, I think in the present moment and a lot of the activists organizing within internationally, particularly around the boycott, divestment, sanctions movement, it's very important to remember that in the 1930s, Palestinians actually organized a national boycott of both British and European Jewish goods, because this was a very intense moment of mobilization that really targeted and opposed British colonialism and Zionist settlement. And after that six months of boycott, of national boycott, which I think is very useful to think about, what kind of organizing would have to take place for there to be a national boycott in the 1930s? It's really remarkable. And then basically the Palestinians sustained three years of armed resistance. It's one of the first sort of guerrilla warfare instances that we have that is anti-colonial, and it actually really challenged the British Middle East forces in the Middle East at that time. It drained them. And I think this is another important thing to think about Gaza 2014, which is that Hamas, at the time, basically decided to not fall prey to the logic of agree now, negotiate later. And they posed the military challenge that in terms of what has happened in the past was actually much larger. And while, I mean, there is no way to ever compare Hamas to the kind of military superiority that Israel has, but it is a very important instance of that will and capacity to resist in the force of a power that is so much larger than you, that is so much better equipped and has so much more capital and military power.